from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Y'all, the Panthers talk to the media today at the Combine. We're going to get all the answers, all the things you ever wanted to know about the Panthers draft plans. No, not really. It's all smoke and mirrors at this point. But there are some interesting things that I picked up on today from uh, the media availability. Let's start with Frank Reich, new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and the big shiny object this week, Derek Carr. Met with the Carolina Panthers, an additional report that they're going to have a follow-up phone call with the free agent QB on Monday. Here's Frank Reich on his conversation with Derek Carr. Derek is, is, is an excellent leader. Um, he's a great, he's an excellent passer. He's very accomplished. Um, you know, you look at the fit, you know, how does it fit with our team in our locker room? Um, you know, it, it, it checks a lot. He checks a lot of boxes that you're looking for in a quarterback. There's no question. And that's why he is where he's in. He is at this point in his career. And, uh, you know, the, the opportunity, it's a unique opportunity to talk to someone of that caliber as a player and as a person. So we didn't take that for granted. So that's Frank Reich talking about Derek Carr. I don't know about you, Joe, but that sounds like a guy who's pretty sold on what Derek Carr can do. You might want to add him to your team, right? I don't think there's any bad answer for the Panthers. I'm going to say that. All right. If they decide they want to take a rookie, mm-hmm. build around him, okay, commit to it. Sure. You know, If they decide, hey, we're going to sign Derek Carr and then improve in other areas, cool. Mm-hmm. Same thing if they were to do something with Jimmy Garoppolo and or Aaron Rodgers or even Lamar Jackson, right? I just, I don't know if I have the intestinal fortitude to handle the next, what, six weeks until the draft while the wind blows like every day. <laughs> like you said, because it's invariable, we're going to get the Anthony Richardson week. Yes. We're going to get the Will Levis week. Yeah. You know, probably not a Bryce Young week unless we think the Panthers are going to trade up yeah. to number one. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, these are all good options. I just want you to take one, and I want you to follow it. No, I, that's what no, I want to no, see. No, Joe. No, Joe. No. Are you new here? You're, know, you're coming up I, on. You're coming up on three years of I, radio. I know. I know. I know better. All right. But I'm just saying, like, they're acting like these are like pie in the sky, like my fantasy league, like. You know, it'd be really cool if I could trade for Nikola Jokic. Like, yeah, it would, it would be. be nice. Right? It would be awesome, but well, it's a, well, I don't I, have the that. gas to do that. Like, well, it's <laughs> funny you talk about oh, we, pie in the sky. We would love to do this. Well, here's Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, saying that drafting a QB is like the Mandalorian. This is the way. It's the ideal way for your team. In an ideal world, you always want to draft the quarterback, draft, develop, and then have that guy here for five, ten years. You want to have that consistency. It helps for many different reasons. You know, the continuity on your roster for for salary cap reasons. There's so many benefits to drafting and developing. That is the right route to go. Um, we'll see if we can get in a position where we get one of the guys we like. You know, is there a guy there in the second round? Is it, can we get up in the first round? Those are all the things we're exploring right now. But, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to necessarily look at the uh, veteran route. If you can't do that, but um, in an ideal world, you do want to draft. In an ideal world, this is the way. So Adam Gold talked to Scott Fitterer earlier today, and he followed up on that, asking if there was a QB at the nine spot. I I know that Fitterer kind of understood, yeah, we might have to move up, but would there be a QB at the nine spot? Would they actually wait for the second round? 
we're finding that out this week. Uh, you know, usually you walk away from here knowing, hey, listen, this guy, he's got some red flags. Maybe we didn't know this about him. Maybe this would cause him to fall. So far, everything's been impressive with these guys. Uh, it's going to be a tough decision. You know, you know, if, we're, if we go quarterback, there's certain decisions to make. If we want to go, you know, a different position, obviously you might be able to sit and stand and uh, take someone there. It all depends on who you want, who you're convicted on, and uh, and then you make the the right moves. That you know, sometimes it's costly to move up to the uh, to the uh, upper part of the draft. Mm-hmm. But in the long term, the course of you know five ten years, if that's the right decision for your team, that that's what sets us on the course you need. It's worth it. Sometimes this, sometimes that. Five to ten years from now, blah 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 blah. Here's where I start to get annoyed with the pie in the sky thinking. It's kind of like what you were annoyed with, with Matt Rule. With we're just going to go get ourselves the next Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that's our plan. <laughs> because that's easy to do. Like yeah. you're the first one who's thought. I know what we're going to do for Super Bowl. We're just going to get Tom Brady in the sixth round. That's what we're going to do because it's really easy to do. It, it's it's like the inverse of all the people who uh, this this money making technique that nobody wants you to know about. But I'll tell you for just twenty dollars. You know, it's like it's it's all it's it's all a game. So this is where I have a problem with Frank Reich, going back to him. I view Derek Carr as somebody you can win with now. I agree. And Frank Reich even talked about it. He's an incredible guy. That he, It's not like you can get these guys in a, in a veteran situation uh, right all the time. So I, I, I'm sold on Derek Carr, but here's Frank Reich saying, well, you know, we, we do have to look beyond 2023 now, as though Derek Carr is going to disintegrate after once. He's 31 years old. Yeah. He's still relatively young. That's yeah, like probably four or five years out of this. Not guy. the same hard miles as a as a mobile quarterback no, either. Absolutely not. But here's Frank Reich on. You know, no, no, no. no. It's just it's just more than just 2023 now. Whatever decision we make is, you know, what what is best not just for this year, but you know, you're looking on horizon. You know, obviously, if you draft a guy, you're looking on a very long term horizon. If you get if you go free agent, if we go Derek Carr, I mean, the nice thing with Derek is, you know, he's going to be 32 years old, so you know, it's kind of prime quarterback years. Um, so there's still a, a good five-year window. Stop right. Just know. stop it right there, Dennis. Prime quarterback years. So what am I missing? What am I missing? I get it. It's all smoke and mirrors time. But it's just funny. You, ideally, you draft a guy and you're going to develop them and everything else. You know, the Panthers did draft somebody last year. They did. We only saw him briefly in the yeah. preseason before the Liz Frank injury. Yeah. Matt Corral. We're talking about the Ole Miss quarterback. I mean, it, that seems like a stretch. And, and even when Fitterer with um, talking about maybe taking a guy in the second round, I get his background. Yeah, I get it. His background was at Seattle. Mm-hmm. They took a, they took Russell Wilson after they had Matt Flynn. Remember, they spent all this money on Matt Flynn. And they're yeah. like, you know what? We're going to take this guy from Wisconsin in the mm-hmm. third round. They did. Mm-hmm. Paid off for them. And that was kind of the template you see now with Dak Prescott and, and maybe even Brock Purdy. I can't say is the, the Niners did that one on purpose in the seventh round. I don't. I don't think that worked. I don't think when we've seen this with Will Greer, Jimmy Clausen, right? There's been any number you know, of guys like, like I don't. This. I'm not sure that works, and I'm not sure this is. There are some years where you're in position to take quarterback. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, when they didn't take Justin Fields, was another one of mm-hmm. them. If you don't like the quarterbacks in that class, well, what you have to do is sign a veteran. I can see why they might not want Jimmy Garoppolo based on those comments. It's fine that you know Jimmy has not proven that he could stay healthy. I get it, mm-hmm. but that does kind of either leave you with Carr, who they're obviously openly talking about, or potentially a move with Lamar Jackson. 
And that we haven't heard anything about that because he's obviously yeah. basically under a deal with Baltimore. Yeah. To me, that's too rich. For to them. me, the best play is trade the ninth pick to Baltimore, come up with a package to Baltimore. I think he would be the best possible option. Do you want the best possible option? And he's 26 years old. That's the play for me. But I don't know if they, if given Frank Reich and his own background, I don't know because remember Frank Reich wasn't all that interested in Jalen Hurts. He wasn't right. That's why, that's why Car- he's not the coach. That's why Derek Carr anymore. is probably going to be a <laughs> or good in choice. Anymore. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group. Your partner in real estate. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on our YouTube channel. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. You can watch everything from previous segments to me constructing a Kirkland dog into a chicken bake monstrosity and eating it. All for the subscribers. So hit that subscribe button. Let's get to 4,000 now. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline from the ACC Network, ESPN, he is Wes Durham. What up, Wes? What happens when we get to 4,000 when we keep smashing that button? That's a great question. Maybe maybe when we're I don't in... want any more of that Kirkland business. I can tell you that. That was the grossest thing I've seen in a long time. Maybe... Whoa. It's actually, actually kind of good, Wes. Okay. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that was aggressive. Maybe I'll film something in Greensboro next week. I don't know what. Oh. May, may, oh. Maybe I'll go Funny. to the, maybe I'll go to the Denny's in Greensboro and just have everything off the fried platter. We'll see. Mm. All right, let's get right to this, Gilio. Terquavion Smith, not first. Jarkel Joiner now first. I I've always had Jarkel, but yes, I think Jarkel Joiner should be on the first team All ACC. Okay. Kyle Filipowski, first team, Gilio. I mean, there can be a case made there, but I would say no. Really? Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Obviously, he's a Ken Palm darling. He really but, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Ken, Ken Palm. Analytics. Ken Palm loves Kyle Filipowski. Yep. He's actually their. He's, he would be Ken Palm's player of the year. But anyway, all right. Know. Let me let me get to one here that I think is going to cause some issues this weekend. Tyree Appleby. Statistically, again, counting stats, yes. Is it Eric Green? Do we have to be careful? No, I mean, it's not, not on the terrible. Air, no, he's not on the Eric Green level. Eric Green, for those who are, are unfamiliar with Eric Green, he was with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had a terrible season. How many ACC wins did they have? Like one, one two? Or two? Two. Okay, it's so crazy. It's like two wins, but he balled out every <sighs> night. And one mixtape every night. Every night. So it was it was Eric Green and T.J. Warren had like a duel at PNC yeah, Arena, did. if I remember correctly. Anyway, my, my memory's a little off as I witnessed last night in my faux pas with Kevin Keats after the game. <laughs> Regardless, uh, see, I think you're avoiding the most intriguing question when it comes to I'm, ACC postseason no, no. player awards. I'm going to get. I'm, well, hang on a second. All right. Do you want to know who today my player of the year is? Is it the same one that I have? Jamarius Burton of Pitt. Yes. Okay. Yeah, top yeah. eleven in five categories in ACC play. I don't even care about that. Win the regular season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were a team. 
I, and I don't believe in we we picked you whatever. I'm talking about a team that has not had success in ACC mm-hmm. at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And he comes in just like Jarkel, older guy, mm-hmm. older guard comes in, doesn't care about anything else that has happened. Charlotte guy, I, I think deep down understands the league. You know, to me, yeah. to me, I got Baycott on the first team. I got Wong yep. on the first team. Yep, I, I got Miami with Omir too because Omir does it for me. And then that's okay. maybe an eye test for me because I'm not I'm not big. I know he's not big on the counting stats, but he has been he's been their glue. Okay, Arkansas State, like he I, comes I in, they have no other size. I don't disagree, and I they think have I, no other size. Ultimately, and if he I doesn't think, play well. Oh, oh, oh. Ultimately, I think Pitt's success this season will be rewarded for. I think Jeff Jeff's Capel. the I think Jeff's the Jeff, coach of the Jeff year. Jeff Capel, oh, Jeff's the, coach of the oh, year. Don't, coach don't of the get year. me wrong, we, Burton's not we, going to win the coach of the year. I, I understand that he probably should though. Yeah. So. You mean player of the year? Yes. We all know Armando Baycott's going to win ACC player of the year, right? We know it is a, it's going to be a career award for Armando Baycott. I I don't, I don't know that. I don't. And he didn't win it last year. He probably should have won it last year. In theory. He should have. Yes. In theory. Absolutely right. Even though Manic was. (laughs) Well, as we're coming to fun, like if you wanted to really be a, if you really want, I almost cursed. Well, yeah, you did. If you really wanted (laughs) to be a, if you wanted to be a not nice person. If you wanted to be a not nice person about this, you'd actually do a write-in vote. For Brady Manic. Manic, yeah. If you really wanted to if be, if you really wanted to be that, if you wanted to be a Jim Beheim about it, so okay, let me let me throw, let me throw Armando's Armando's going to win it. Now I don't know that Armando's going to win it. Come on, I know the Tobacco Road influence is going to carry, and I'm not so sure it is. Yeah, maybe it's not as every, much anymore. Every school has the same number of people that vote. Plus, then you have the other ancillary list that comes into play, yeah. and that ancillary list is not tied to any institution. Okay. No, right, you're right. Me, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, Jamarius Burton is top 11 in five categories against ACC teams. Mm-hmm. They got a chance to win the regular season. I think he's playing for the coach of the year, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that'll be close. No, Capel will win that, which is funny because Joe and I were talking about this earlier. You know, if Pitt wasn't going to win the league, John Shire would win that thing, man, because they they've done he's done a good job with handling a th- replacing the guy, b handling the sure. roster injuries with the injuries, yeah, injuries and everything no else. Death, and no and honestly, I think Duke's probably the most dangerous team going into Greensboro next week. Right now, they are for sure, and I would give him credit for this. The silver lining of Roach's injury is Tyrese Proctor's development yep. in that time frame that has now allowed Roach and Proctor to play together. And be very impactful, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to give you three other guys here. Um, so, Terquavion is second team then, Gilio. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah uh, Burns, Terquavion. Yeah, let me let me just say this about Philippowski. Yeah. Oh, value. You want to talk about value with Clemson. Let me just say this about Filipowski. He had 14 rebounds last night, mm-hmm. 11 points. Yeah. 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 I didn't notice him. Okay. So, when I see people in person and I'm not like, hey – I'm just saying. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. Yeah, I know he, he's had a really good season, yeah. but it, right. there, when when the money was on the table at the end of that game, it was Roach. Mm-hmm. I understand. And, and I okay. w- and I noticed lively in the way that he impacted the game, and Proctor All with the flop. Teams, but I thought Proctor, lively. I thought Proctor showed some moxie. Sure. But I, there wasn't a point in the game where I went, oh, oh, there's Filipowski. Yeah. I'll tell you the only time I noticed him, he got dotted late by Joiner, and I was like, oh. Ooh. 
<laughs> That's going on the highlight reel. <laughs> by, by the way, Jarkel last night. Oh, it was oh, off, smoke off, last month off the charts. The mid court line off the charts. The last smoke month he's yeah. been crazy. He's been crazy on that. All right. So who are these other? Who are these other players? All right. Here, here's my question. I want to tell you what coaches are telling me. I haven't even okay? heard R.J. Davis yet either. What's that? And we R. haven't R. even heard R.J. Davis' yeah. name yet either. R.J. Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you the three guys that keep coming up in coaches' meetings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jordan Miller of Miami, who opposing coaches think is the most impactful player on their team. Okay. We talk about Omir. We talk about Wong. We talk about Pack when he's healthy. But Jordan Miller's the name that keeps coming up from opposing coaches. Quentin Post of Boston College. I'm not saying he's first team, but Quentin Post should be second team because when he's been healthy, he's the reason Boston College is doing what they're doing with Earl Grant. Okay. Okay. Third guy is Grant Basile of Virginia Tech, who every coach talks about is an impossible matchup except for Duke because Duke's got interchangeable pieces at center, and they could take him to the perimeter with Lively defending him. It's crazy, too. Or whatever the case would be. It's crazy, too, Wes. You didn't mention a single player from Virginia. Well, and here's the problem Virginia has, and this is what other coaches say. Virginia collaboratively, offensively, doesn't do anything to steal your breath. What they do is they're squeezing you defensively and forcing you into a bad night, and they hope upon hope that they shoot it well. Number zero, second team All-ACC, or not not enough room? Number zero. Clark. Kihei Clark. My guy. Or Kihei Clark? Yeah. We're talking about career achievements. No, I'm just, the but I'm just saying he's, they're, they're 14 and five, right? And and they yeah, close with and, a, a layup, so they're going to be 15 and five. Yeah, they're going to. And here's what's going to happen: he's going to end up second team, okay. maybe third. But Virginia will have a player on the first 15 guys, no doubt. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I, I could, I could, I can say publicly. I was talking to Kevin Keys today. And we were talking about a little bit about the all ACC team. I'm just glad this conversation happened before the show. True, true. Well, yeah, yes. or else we, the phone would ring. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were talking because he was like, "Oh, you don't." It was Burns, and it was Turquavin. He's like, "You don't think they'll make any all ACC?" I'm like, "I don't care about the second and third teams. They don't matter. The first team is what matters." And I think Jarkel needs to be on the first team all ACC. I, I think he has played, and I hate this for Turquavion because in January I was about sure. you know baby T getting buckets. But yeah. Terquavion has uh, he's ceded that spot to Jarkel because the full Jarkel season, hit Wes. all the big money shots for him. Yeah, it's the full season, and, and the value should be in ACC play. I, I, I've always and been know, consistent with that. And look, before I hear from the Wake fans, Appleby will be second team. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that he's going to be first team, and I know you want him to be player of the year. I'm just not sure that's going to happen. No, he's not going to be playing. West, not after last year with the Williams. West Durham ACC Network, ESPN, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obias. Speaking of conversations you have in these in these coaches' meetings, what kind of conversations going to take place within the ACC basketball office with Paul Brazo, who heads up ACC men's mm-hmm. basketball, right, and Brian Kersey, who is the head of officiating for the ACC. Sure. It has not been it has not been a, a banner year for ACC officiating. And I know that you can blow this up to all officiating, but there's yeah. been I feel like it really has boiled over this season for a variety of reasons. And we saw another incident last night where I wondered, what did you see at the monitor that would get <laughs> you to have Tyrese Proctor not flopping? And Terquavion Smith being the guy you give a dead ball technical foul. I would have let him just play on. There was nothing to call. But yeah. you, that that's a choice. You made a choice 
to give Terquavion Smith a, a dead ball technical in an incident where nothing really happened. But I'm using this as an example of other things that we've seen this year. We've seen coaches openly talk about officiating. We've had Commissioner Jim Phillips straight up send a letter saying, guys, back off. Right. So what what kind of conversation can take place in the offseason to correct some of this stuff? Well, I think we have to think of officiating conversations as it relates to the ACC, and we have to put them in the bigger picture nationally, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grant you this. I, I think we've got the issue now in college basketball, especially, where we're way too reliant on the technology. I, um, I would agree. And, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I think something happens and there's no call and we go to the monitor. Mm-hmm. And we're going to adjudicate it after we look at the monitor. And it's not fair to the ACC to say they're the only ones in this silo because they're not. I mean, I watch enough Mountain West games and Pac-12. You guys watch a lot of basketball, I'm guessing, too. And everybody's got issues. The unicorn play in Charlottesville is just that. Yeah. It's the unicorn play. Yeah. Okay? Once every decade, you're going to have a unicorn play. I think that the conversations have to be about confidence as much as anything else if you want to talk about college basketball officiating as a whole, mm-hmm. not just in the ACC. You're going to blow the whistle. you got to blow the whistle with confidence. And I, I think that's that may be one of the things that I would be curious to hear those conversations in the spring and summer. The other part about this too, and you guys both know this, and fans of ACC basketball know this, you have started to see – we talk about the you know the changing in the coaching, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen the changing in the officiating start, haven't we? We have, yes. Guys that you are very familiar with in yep. the last five, ten years, you don't see nearly as much. You see others. You're seeing younger guys who are working their way up, and give them credit. Those guys come through a fairly arduous process in terms of evals before they get the whistle in an ACC conference game. Not a non-conference game. That's a that's kind of like the bus to AAA to the bigs and back type mm-hmm. deal. Um, but I think there's going to be some more growth in that area. But I would say this about college basketball as a whole. we got to calm down the damn technology. Holy cow. I mean, we are – think about it. I'm we in are, agreement. I mean – and, and that's coming from an extremely you, online man. Yeah, we need less technology. Do you know what's funny I mean, about that, Wes? Hmm. Is I'm watching – I'm not going to say that you were because you were probably actually working a game. I, I was off Thursday, Friday. So I was able okay. to watch an XFL game. Yeah. And the Dean Blandino controlling the game from the, the booth. Man, Nas, California. Man, yeah. I'm telling you, it was a revelation. Yeah, it was. Because they didn't review. Like, it was, hey, we don't have an angle. We're moving on. He hey. was sharp, fast. Like, And I know the problem is you can't have enough of those guys. But can you just imagine, like, a Monday night game. Brian Kersey's in the in the studio. Bang. Like, man, that would be a dream. Because well, I trust Curse. Let me let me tell you this. I love Kersey, and Brian's a friend and that kind of thing. You guys both know that. Um, but I would say this. That XFL stuff, and I'm not telling Michael Strickland or Commissioner Phillips or Al Riveron, who's now joined us as the supervisor of ACC football officiating, uh-huh. but I'd be jumping in on some of yep. that XFL sharing. Yeah, you want to make your league. You want to make your league marketable and have eyeballs on it? Go to that in conference. And pace play. the play? <laughs> Yeah, that, would, oh, that was the thing that got me, Wes. It, he was, all, you know, you got to be super sharp to do it. But well, well, there's any number of people on Twitter that would do it for free. 
and that oh are super God. sharp. Look, you oh know, look, I will, I will bring up my idea. I've oh actually, <laughs> I've actually brought this up to the ACC. I brought it up to John Swafford once. I'm not kidding. Oh I, know. Boy, I know. I am not kidding. I know where oh, this is going. When oh, I said no. what you need to do is just invite. It's been a great career. I appreciate everybody. Yeah, no, look, I just bring, bring a bunch of fans to Greensboro, put them in a room, give them pizza, Good and just Lord. have a bunch of tweet deck up and then a bunch of monitors up and they'll have that Different stuff angles. they'll have that stuff figured out in no time. You think you think Dean Blandino is sharp? No, no, no. A state fan with a Twitter account? <laughs> Boom. In 30 hey. seconds time. Underwood was in. What? Hey. Well, let me call call right Underwood. now. Underwood was in. in. Nice of you to charge the masses on a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Nice. All right. Well, I just slide that one on in. Nice. But well I done. did bring that up to Swafford, and he thought I was crazy. Yeah, I'll own that. Well. All right. West Durham. Again. ACC. That again. Yeah. Tell me it's a bad idea. Stupid West Durham, is. ACC Network, ESPN. All right, man. We appreciate it. We'll see you in Greensboro. Uh, see you boys in the Gate City. Very excited about this. Hostility is back, Wes. Hostility is back. That's All right, exactly man. right. We'll talk to you See next you week. It's the right. OG alongside Joe Chilio. Remind me to pack the cooler, by the way. Why? Because they run out of beverages, and yeah, they kick us out sometimes, too. True. And it doesn't start till like, well, Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, man. So Tuesday, we're going to have to. We also might need to consider going down there on Monday. Pastner's going to be there. Bray's going to be there. Uh, you <laughs> Heck, Forbes might be. If all three of them are there on Monday, I'm doing the show from there on Monday. I'll just I'll cop on. Dennis will give me the uh, air link. Yeah. Our three guys can't be there for practice on Monday and and us and not be. Yeah, there. nah, nah, bro. I'm, I'll I'll see you too. You be here. I'll, I'll see you too. But I'm saying we gotta see our guys. Right, Pastor picking us up yesterday, dropping the hammer on Bayheim. Yeah, just pounding the orange. Well, did he drop the hammer or did Kevin Keats drop the hammer on Bayheim last night? That was pretty good too. Yeah, because last night, uh, you know, their next NC State game is going to be in Greensboro. Obviously, they're done for the season. You'll see them Wednesday at the Greensboro Coliseum for the ACC tournament. And he says, "I love Greensboro. You know, unlike some coaches in this league, I like Greensboro." And he wasn't going to name any names. I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but we all know who he was talking about. We all knew. Clearly, he was talking about John Shire. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's the OG alongside Joe Chicago. Gilio. He wants the game to be played <laughs> in Chicago. Rosemont Horizon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So I found this interesting. There was a – the NFLPA had their players grade teams. So essentially like a, like an exit interview. Okay. Like, all right, how do you feel about your team? This is an anonymous thing. And the NFLPA put out this player report card. It reads, one of our core jobs as a union is to improve the overall working conditions for our players, which includes the daily experience of players at the team facilities away from the lights and the cameras. 1,300 of our players provided information to share with one another about their current club, not only to help them make important career decisions, but also help raise standards across the league. And they put out to see 
each team's individual report card, click on the team names, and then you can scroll right to see all of their categories. It's all graded on an A to F scale. Okay. So this is significant data here. This isn't just like one player per team. No, no. This is this is all players, a part of the union, grading their teams or their experiences with teams because I'm guessing there was probably some crossover. Yeah, like know. 1,600 players or so. Can you guess which teams had the worst grades? The cheapest team in the NFL is the Cincinnati Bengals. So my guess is they were not seen favor- favorably by even you, their own players. You would be correct. They got an F in treatment of families, F minus in nutrition. I didn't realize F minus was a thing. <laughs> they got a B plus for the weight room and an A plus for the strength staff, but the training room a D minus and the locker room a D. You know what all the, what that tracks team, that, that really tracks. You know what other team has a really bad track record? The Washington football team. Yes, they an do. An F for treatment of families. A D plus for nutrition. And a C plus for the weight room. The only thing they got an A on was for the strength staff. Everything else was either an F or a D. I'm shocked by this. It's just interesting to see what you know or what you thought of. And where were the Panthers in all this? I would I would imagine somewhere in the middle. Panthers are actually... Or favorable, even? Favorable. Okay. Yeah, favorable. So here's what's interesting. There's one thing that sticks out to me. They got A's and B's in treatment of families, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, and locker room. They got a D, one D, for nutrition. Mm. What the hell they feed them over there? I mean, is, is it, well, or maybe they're not feeding them. Period. It's like they don't have the ability to get stuff. It's not like like all right, practice is over. Here's some choco tacos. Hey guys, <laughs> practice wrapped up. Let's go to Costco. So, what are we talking about here? Orange slices? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's like we didn't have enough Capri Suns. Also, you're yeah. I won't. I won't do it. You're a professional athlete. You're making millions. Most of these guys have their own guy. Not all of them are. I mean, not but, all of them are Russell Wilson with their own office, man. True, but in terms of your own, you didn't get to the NFL by going to McDonald's. Is what I'm getting. Yeah, no, like they got their own regimen. They know what they're doing. So what's available to them? I I could see that. Do you like you'd have to be at a really good franchise and be like, oh wow, I had, you name it, with the Cowboys, right? Because you know Jerry Jones isn't skimping on anything, right? Interesting, you mentioned that. Essentially, A's across the board. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the only thing they got a quote unquote bad grade on a B was in the training room. Mm -hmm. That was it. But everything else was A's. For treatment of family, nutrition, all that stuff. The other team that stuck out as a bad organization was the Jacksonville Jaguars. D's and uh, D's and F's, treatment of family uh, being the F. So I, I would that- be curious what they consider treatment of family. Is that tickets for your family? Is that travel for the family? Is that where their tickets are in the stadium? I'm sure uh, that's all of that interesting. Is that would be kind of interesting to think about because it does seem like a fairly consistent. Again, the attitude of the team might mm-hmm. be. Hey, I'm paying you a bunch of money. You go out and get the tickets. You take care of your family. Why do I got to take care yeah, of I mean, your it, c- it could also be, <laughs> look, it's it's one of the reasons why I really enjoy working at Capital Broadcasting. They do things that involve families. They'll have things like a Durham Bulls Day. Right. We still, you know, a lot of companies will cut back. Sure. We still do a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. You know, those little things, you know, outside of a pandemic, but those little things matter, right? Like treatment of families and perks does matter when you're working somewhere. And I think all of that is included with some of the grades that you're seeing towards these teams. And, yeah, in the, in the world of Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, 
I am not surprised that he spares no expense on stuff because he wants to be viewed as the marquee right. franchise right. in the league. And some other franchises, like the Cincinnati Bengals, have no problems telling you we're cheap and we'll find a way to do this. Sometimes we get lucky, like we get Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Sometimes you get lucky. And we'll see how long that lasts. Because when Joe Burrow's contract comes up, do you think Cincinnati's actually going to pay that money? No. No, they're not.